Good morning and Happy New Year. Welcome to Grace Church. It's great to have you with us this morning as we get into to a new year, 2023. And as has already been mentioned, we're kicking off this year in our preaching, talking, taking two Sundays to look at and talk about communion, what that is, and or, or maybe you've referred to that as, as the Eucharist, as the Lord's Supper, or as the breaking of bread, bread and wine, however you've referred to it. It's going to take two weeks to, to talk about them, and we've already started with this question. Whatever your experience up to now, which will be varied, I'm sure, but when, when you're thinking about communion, or whatever you call it, which do you tend to emphasise more? Is it is it more the, the, the presence of Christ and he says, this is my body in communion? Or is it, do this in remembrance of me? So emphasising that, that remembering of it, the reflecting nature of it. I think it's just an interesting thing to think about. How have, how have I thought about communion up to this point? Is it something I've thought intentionally about or just kind of subconsciously? Now, Jesus clearly said both. I'm not, I'm not pitting them against one another here. Very clearly, in, in 1 Corinthians 11, 24, for example, says, When Jesus had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So which of those two have you emphasised? I think about this for myself. Generally, I think I've emphasised, do this in remembrance of me more I just that's that's more what I'm thinking about I'm thinking oh yeah this is a time to to remember and, and reflect and when I'm taking communion both personally and, and also the way I probably lead it through generally and I think it's probably because churches like ours and and our church have have tended to do that and uh, I don't know where you land what your own experience is what your own emphasis is on those things we can think about why, why churches like ours probably lent towards leaning, uh, emphasising remembrance. I think it's a bunch of reasons. One is a, a, probably a good reason that, that remembrance is, is a good kind of umbrella term for everything that we are doing when we are taking communion. It is it's a good way to think about that. Maybe another less good reason is that it's, it's the, the presence of Christ, what Jesus means when he says, this is my body, it's just harder to understand. That's, what, what, what is that? What, what does he mean? And so we end up just not emphasising that so much. And again, it's important. I'm not pitting these against each other. In fact, over these next two weeks, the way we will talk about communion is this week to, to talk about what Jesus means when he says, this is my body. What, what, what that means. How is, his, is he present in communion? The more perhaps neglected side of teaching for us anyway and how is that a good thing as well we'll look at and and then next week remembrance and kind of everything else that we're doing when we're taking communion as a proclamation it's it's expressing our unity with Christ our community with one another all of those things next week oh, and I wonder just generally again we straight in you take a step back what do you think generally about communion how do you feel about communion if again if you've been part of church for a while you come to take communion what do you think when we do that is it just something we do is it you know just you just do you just see it as kind of an optional extra oh yeah we could do that one that's not a not a bad thing to do do you love it maybe you do you really enjoy it 
Maybe you're just confused by it, you don't really know it, you just kind of go through it because that's what we do. Maybe a bit frustrated, maybe a bit bored. The goal, the real goal of these two weeks, my prayer for these two weeks as we launch into 2023 and spend two weeks to just talk about the bread and the wine, the prayer is that we all as a church develop and grow a new love and appreciation of and for communion and that we enjoy it in a new way. Particularly the case I'm making today is this, talking about this is my body, in communion, this is the case I'm making, in communion we are encountering and experiencing the presence of Christ by his spirit. And, and what that means, why that's a good thing. Let's read 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26. It's probably the, the go-to passage that, that will be read when taking communion together. So much we get from this passage. Uh, this is Paul writing to the Corinthians. He says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Just before we kind of get more into what, it, what Jesus means when he says, this is my body, I just want to look at why is it important? Why is communion a big deal? Why do we do it? Why do we or should we make much of it? And this really kind of by way of introducing, again, these next two weeks a little bit more. Why, is, why are we talking about this for two weeks? Why is this important? Or is it important? And it is an important question. Why is this important? Because if, if this is a big deal, then, then church life should reflect that. You, you should be able to come to Grace Church or any church and, and be reflected that communion is a big deal. And if it isn't, then it's up to us whether, whether church life reflects it or not. But, uh, but it, is, it is important, firstly and, and most obviously, taking communion is important because Christ has ordained that we do that. He has told us to. There are a host of things, loads of things that we do, at Grace Church at least, which are just ideas that, that we or, or maybe someone else thought would be, be a good idea. So having tea and coffee after the, the service and, and now before, often, it, it's a good idea, we, we do that, we just do it because we, it works. Getting a nice welcome table bench thing we, we've got, which, which on wheels, and it's just something we thought that'd be a good idea, good thing to have. Doing kids work, we just do because yeah, that works for us, it's a good thing. And having a guitar and instruments as we sing in our worship is helpful for us. Doing baptisms at a carol service, that was an idea, like yeah, why not, let's do that. Flipping the hall in the Grace Centre in Chichester. Hope you're coping all right, you guys, in Chichester with the, with the hall the other way around. Just things that we thought, yeah, let's, let's give that a go. It's a good idea. Communion is where I'm going with all that. Communion is not just, yeah, that's a good idea, or just something that we or the church has, has always done. Jesus himself, right, our Lord, our head, 
our Savior. He has told us to do it, so it's important. Now, most of us know this. We know, okay, yeah, Jesus, is, so it's just something we do. And, and it's why we know that we should be taking communion together and that it's not an optional extra. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's something that we love or enjoy all that much either. It's just, yeah, oh yeah, we do, we do do that. But, but, it, but it's not just that Christ has kind of ordained it or commanded it. it he's given it. Communion is a gift and it's a good one. If you, if you know Jesus at all, you'll know he gives good gifts, right? He's, he's the one who gives good gifts. Alongside baptism, communion is a, is a sacrament that Christ has given to the church. And baptism physically expresses joining the church. You're baptised into the church as well as into Christ. And communion physically expresses belonging to the church in an, in an ongoing way. So even if we don't, you know, love it or enjoy it, we're doing it for that reason Christ has told us to. But it is a good gift. And also, it is, communion is gospel-centred. It is all about the gospel, which is likely why Christ gave it, gave it to us. Because the Bible is full of God, or if not God's ordained leaders, telling God's people to remember what God has done for them. Don't forget, remember what God has done. You read the Bible, Old Testament and New, it's full of it. We must never move on from the gospel. We, at Grace Church at least, we will preach it now. We will preach it into 2024 and way, way beyond. Never move on. This gospel that we are hopeless because of our sin. How are you feel this, this year? We're all on our own. We are hopeless because of our sin, because we've rejected God. But Christ has died for us out of his amazing love for us. This is the gospel and communion helps us, even it, it makes us remember the gospel and never move on to keep the gospel central in all we do. And the third reason it is important, uh, it's not an extensive list, but here's the third reason. This is me, right, Joe Leach at his eloquent best. Why is communion important? Because it is really great and amazing. It's all I can come up with. Why is it? Because it's just great. It's just really amazing. It is a good gift. Why is it amazing? How is it amazing? That's what we'll be exploring over the next two weeks. Uh, I, want, I want to help us to love it and not see it as an option, optional extra or a boring thing we do. So... The goal, I hope to, to teach, I hope we'll encourage, perhaps correct some things, but the primary goal is to help us to like and appreciate, love and enjoy communion. Our vision as a church is to grow a healthy church that enjoys the grace of God. And that's our foundation, that we enjoy God's grace. And from there, declare and demonstrate God's grace to the communities we live in. What better way, right, to enjoy God's grace than through the grace of communion instituted by Jesus himself. And again, the case I'm making today particularly is that in communion we are encountering and experiencing the presence of Christ by his spirit. That's an enjoyable and good thing. But how is that the case? What is communion? Why does, why does that make it really great and amazing? First, when we're thinking about uh, communion, 
it's good to think and be conscious of the physicality of it, the, the experience of it. Communion is an enactment. That is, communion is enacted. It is done. In the, the year that we live, the days that we live, we live in a post-enlightenment age, right? Our, our modern world is the product of the, the enlightenment. And we are, we are still seeing the results of that being played out. So, so what that means is that since the enlightenment and today, modern people have generally assumed truth operates in the realm of the mind. The, the kind of what we think makes us rational beings and, and so that the physical and, and the world around us, our bodies, etc., they are less important than our minds and our ability to reason. And you don't have to think about it long to, to see how that's being played out in society in a host of ways. But that, that's, that's the world we live in. That's the message that the world is saying. And some of this is good for Christians, that, that, that way of thinking. Because we, as Christians, do believe in rationality and reason. And we believe and preach that it is, is what we think it is what we and, and you and I believe and know and trust in, put our faith in, believe in, that, that matters, what we think. So some of it's good. Some of it that we live in this world today is, is not so good in, in, when it comes to the way we think about the world and Christianity because the physical matters in the Christian message and in the gospel. It, it, it matters. Jesus is physicality his true physical nature matters he actually had his body broken he, he he really did spill physical real blood and and that matters and this emphasis on thought and thinking and the mind that our world has it, it that's one of the things that leaves us uncertain about communion and baptism these these physical things because we don't understand it. Why, why does it matter have, having these physical things? We can think, and I think I've thought this probably subconsciously, why didn't Jesus just say, say this in remembrance of me? Or, or even think this in, in remembrance of me? Why, why do this? It is enacted. It, it's where word and mind come together with sacrament and action. The, the doingness of communion is not incidental. It's a great benefit. So I'm, I'm talking to you now and you might be listening, hoping you're listening. I'm talking, you're listening. And, and, and that is good. Thinking is good and important and there is power in word. We, we know that. But with communion, we all become much more than just hearers or observers or speakers in my case. We become eaters and drinkers and participants. It becomes communion, truth that we can physically touch. Christ, Jesus, he has ordained a number of things actually. He's given a number of things, preaching and praying, for example, things that he has ordained and commanded that we do. But, but what separates communion and baptism as, as sacraments is their physical nature. These are physical things that Christ has given for us to engage in. This isn't a great analogy, I don't think, but 
it's like it's like children fighting over the one you know you come to traffic lights and you've got the button to press for the green man it's like children fighting to be the one who presses the button or or on a on a lift in a shop then I want to press the button because it's not enough for them to just see it done or to know in their mind that it's done they want to be the ones to physically engage with it because there is a benefit to the physical touch we are physical beings with physical needs and wants a marriage with no physical touch is is odd uh, and and we'll struggle to fully know love without it however much you say i love you i love you if you're never hugging and physically intimate with one another it's hard to know that thomas cranmer uh who uh is wrote the the, the book of common prayer a very famous theologian says our savior christ has ordained a physical, visible sacrament of spiritual nourishment in bread and wine with the intent that as much as is possible for man, we may see Christ with our eyes, smell him with our nose, taste him with our mouths, touch him with our hands, and so perceive him with all our senses. Just as the word of God preached puts Christ into our ears, so in the same way these elements of bread and wine joined to God's word put Christ in a sacramental way into our eyes, mouths, hands, and all our senses. It is a wonderfully physical enactment, wonderful physical enactment as we take communion. I love communion where the gospel is physically played out and experienced. And communion is really great and amazing because it is an encounter with Christ himself. Now, this is where, right, that sounds great. Yeah, this is my body, you can counter Christ, sounds great, but just what, like, how, what does it mean? This is my body is a confusing thing. It doesn't, you know, these bread and wine doesn't look or taste like flesh and blood, which is a good thing, I think. Is it just a symbolism? Is it just kind of a memorial? Or is it more than that? And if so, how and what? What this means is, is something that as much as almost anything else has been discussed and debated and fought over a whole lot throughout the history of the church. So if you kind of struggle to understand it, you are not the only ones. Um, and, and there's also, there is some weirdness to this. Jesus saying this bread and this wine, this is my body and blood. That, that's odd. And it's okay that it is weird. We believe weird stuff. We have to get used to that. But I think it'd be helpful to spell out some of that, the, the, the discussion that's been had and talk through the history very briefly. Do bear with me, right? I know some of you are excited about hearing that and some of you are just totally not. Um, this is all with a view to helping us understand how we encounter the presence of Christ in communion and therefore better appreciating and enjoying communion. I'm not going to cover all the views at all, but we'll just kind of, I'll summarise one view that has really overemphasised, this is my body, and one view that has overemphasised, do this in remembrance of me, to kind of help clarify what we consider to be the correct understanding and application of it. I'll be quick and snappy. The, the view that was taught across Europe until the Reformation in the 16th century, this, this view broadly taught, 
emphasized this is my body a lot. And this, this view remains the Catholic view today. It's known as transubstantiation. And this, it teaches that the bread and the wine actually become Christ's body, his human body and blood. So there's no hint of metaphor. When, it says, when Jesus says, this is my body, he means this is now my body. So the outward appearance is unchanged. They still look like bread and wine, but their inner essence have become the real and physical body of Christ. And so, so ultimately the bread and wine have ceased to exist. Now there are some serious problems with this. For the record, none of the problems are the fact, well, that's just too weird. Like, no, that can't be right, that's too weird. We can't go down that route, that, that doesn't work. The problems, one, one serious problem is that it, it teaches that communion conveys God's grace to us by the action of the act, is, is how it's said, irrespective of, of whether there's faith. So anyone, you can, if you're Christian, you can just come and take communion, be thinking about whatever you want, and God's grace is conveyed that's problematic. Another problem is that it teaches Christ is teaches that Christ is offered afresh in communion. It's kind of another sacrifice, which is which is in conflict with Scripture. Multiple places, Hebrews ten, for example, for by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So the, the sacrifice of the cross does not it's not not doing that again. Christ isn't re-offered. Another issue is that it confuses Christ's human and his divine nature a bit much. Jesus is fully God and fully human, but his human body cannot be everywhere and still be human. So the Bible is clear that Christ, his body has ascended to heaven and is at the right hand of the Father. His physical body can't be in two places at once, can't come and be in the bread and the wine. So that's kind of totally emphasising this is my body and it's problematic. Another view is to just put all the emphasis on remembrance. So, so this is my body is, is just a metaphor. This, this view is put forward by a guy called Huldrych Zwingli, again in the, in the 16th century. And he, he said that the, the bread is not the, the literal body of Christ, the wine, not the blood, simply a reminder of his body given for us. So it's just totally remembrance. So Christ therefore is not present and communion is, is not an encounter with him. It's just a, it is just a remembrance, it's memorial. Now without realizing it, I don't think we've been deliberate, but I think many of us have defaulted to this position. I haven't necessarily thought it through, but it, it makes sense, right? And it is understandable. That, that yeah, we just it's just kind of memorial, but this just ignores the presence of Christ in communion too much, which is which is real, and there's other problems too, which I won't go into. But it just totally disregards the presence. What we what I'm talking about, we believe the understanding and we propose the understanding put forward by the reformer John Calvin. He says that Christ's human body is not physically present in the bread and the wine because his body is, is at the Father's right hand. But communion is, is more than just a memorial act. It's more than just remembering. 
Christ really is present in communion. How though, how do, how do we understand that? Christ is present in a very real, real way by his Holy Spirit. In a real, this is real and powerful. Spurgeon, who also goes with this view, the, the, the preacher, Baptist preacher says, by spiritual, you say Christ is spiritually present by his spirit. By spiritual, we do not mean unreal. In fact, the spiritual takes the lead in realness to spiritual men. As surely as the Lord came really as to his flesh to Bethlehem and Calvary, so surely does he come really by his spirit to his people in the hours of their communion with him. This is a real experience. The bread and the wine, right? They don't, they don't magically change, but they are more than just bread and wine. It's not, they're not just random objects that you could kind of do it with everything. I had uh, a reasonable amount of bread and wine over Christmas with, with nice cheeses on, on the bread. So it wasn't communion, I was just eating it. But in the context of faith and community and worship, it's a different story. The bread and wine become an encounter and an act of communion with Christ as the Holy Spirit connects us to him. There's mystery about this. It's profound and it's okay that there's mystery. Calvin says himself, do you know what? I'd rather experience it than understand it. That's a profound, for someone who knows more than you and me, I'd rather experience it than understand it. You want a charismatic experience of the Spirit? Because we can think, oh, this isn't very charismatic. No, no, no. Communion isn't, isn't an, an old, stuffy tradition or ritual. It is a perfect opportunity for a charismatic experience of the Spirit. Easy for us to think, do you know what? If we want to encounter more of the Spirit, let's sing another couple of songs. Oh, that's good. That, that's, that's good. But maybe we think, why don't we obey Jesus' words, do this in remembrance of me? And that is a great opportunity to encounter the Spirit. Communion is a physical enactment. It's an encounter. And communion is an encouragement for all believers. This is kind of putting the first two together. I don't know how you feel about 2023. Some will be buzzing, got big things happening maybe this year and you're excited. Some will be dreading it. I just don't want it. Many people in between. I don't know how you felt about coming to church this morning. Some of you might have been buzzing to get back. Yeah, missed it over the Christmas break, really buzzing to get back. Some may be forcing yourselves out for various reasons, just out of the habit, just struggling with your faith. Singing and being excited is something good. It's something to strive after, but, but sometimes... We just won't have the strength to be excited about church. We can't make ourselves necessarily. So then we can also, we can come home from church and kind of just wonder, did I meet with God? Do I feel like, did I feel his presence? The beauty of communion is that because of the physical enactment and, and the encounter with Christ, we However we're feeling, however we've been feeling going to church, we can leave church and answer objectively, did you meet with God? Yes. Yes. Because well, I struggled to sing, I struggled to be up for it, but I know for a fact that I ate the bread and drank the cup. It's like, it's like baptism in that sense. It's not subjective whether you have been baptised or not. Have you been baptised in the Spirit? Yeah, I think so. Been baptised in water? 
Well, yes or no, I know the answer to that. You got, you got really wet if you did. In communion, did you eat and drink or not? Did you feel and taste it in your mouth? Then you encountered Christ through that. I know this can be confusing because on the one hand, I'm saying it doesn't matter how you feel. The, the, the physical encounter and encouragement is, is your assurance, like a hug, right? It just you, physical hug is, is an encouragement. This, this bread and wine is a physical encouragement and feelings aren't ultimate. And on the other hand, I'm saying, but you can, you can in that, you can experience and encounter and feel the presence of Christ powerfully. What's great is that it's not effective because of you or where you're at. It is effective because of him. Because communion, just like in baptism, you don't baptize yourself. You are baptized. In communion, we are receiving communion. We are not the actor. We're the receiver in it. Is this testimony from a guy called John Colwell, who um, has been a, a Baptist church leader, a, a New Frontiers church leader, a charismatic man and an academic as well. And uh, I just think it's a really powerful story of, of his experience with, with communion from someone in his position that I, I think will be helpful for us to hear. He, he, said, he wrote this, I write not just as a Baptist, but also as one who does not lack experience of charismatic phenomena. Yet I write also as one who has wrestled with a form of chronic depression throughout adult life, as one who remains bemused that he should ever have served as a pastor of a charismatic Baptist church when extended periods of personal discipleship have lacked any form of felt experience. And without prejudice to the preciousness of charismatic phenomena, by far my most profound recollection of mediated grace is entirely devoid of any such phenomena or any form of felt experience. During one sustained bout of acute depression, two very dear friends invited me and my wife to stay with them until I could cope again with everyday life. Returning from an evening service of communion, these friends together with my wife determined that I too should share in communion. They produced bread and wine and we celebrated while squatting around their coffee table. Any who have any experience of serious depressive illness will understand that at the time I was entirely without any form of religious feeling. Indeed, it was a struggle to believe at all. Yet as we sat around that table, I realised perhaps truly for the first time that the bread and the wine and the body and blood of Christ, that the elements, that the bread and wine and the body and blood of Christ, that the elements represented, represented were there on the table for me, whether I felt anything or even believed anything or not. In the absence of any perceived phenomena, in the absence of any feeling of faith, I recognised the significance of grace that, that evening more deeply and truly than ever before. Communion is a unique opportunity to recognise and enjoy the significance of God's grace offered to you. In communion, we are, objectively, we are encountering and experiencing the presence of Christ by his Spirit. There are a host of benefits 
to taking communion, to receiving communion and to, to taking communion more regularly. I don't think you can do it too much, really. Up to now at Grace Church, we, uh, you may or may not know, we, we generally, the first Sunday of a month, we'll, we'll do it once a month on the first Sunday at least, right? So that's kind of a starting point. We might do it uh, more often than that, but we do, we've done that. We're going to take it this week, obviously, and next week as we're speaking into it. And then up to Christmas, up to, up to Easter, rather, get out of that. Up to Easter, we'll, we'll take it every other week at least. And, uh, and just see how we go. I believe that the more we do it, the more we will enjoy and appreciate taking communion together. So we take it because Jesus has told us to, because it, it is all about the gospel, because it is really great and amazing. We take it because there is no better way to ensure that there are lots of reasons. One reason we take it because there's no better way to ensure that we are gospel-centered, that we are gospel-focused. It's a great way to do that. So in everything we do, right, at Grace Church, we, we are not just calling one another and calling the world to an experience or, or even to an improved life or to community. In everything we do, we are calling people to Christ himself through the declaration of the gospel story. And in communion, in the supper, this gospel story is seen and tasted. Let me pray. Oh, Jesus, we thank you so much that you have gone to the cross for us. We thank you that your body was broken and your blood was spilled for us because you loved us. I do pray, Lord, as we engage in communion, receive communion, both now and as we move forward, would we love it all the more? Would we appreciate it all the more? Appreciate this gift that you've given to us. And would I pray for many souls to be deeply encouraged this morning as we come and encounter you by your spirit, as we eat of physical bread and drink of physical wine, would we know your presence with us powerfully? Would we know the significance and the enjoyment of your grace offered to us? King Jesus, thank you, God. Amen. Amen.